still wrinkled. Damien Hurst had not actually caught the now decaying shark. Instead, he made shark-wanted telephone calls to post offices on the Australian coast, which put up posters giving his London number. He paid £6,000 for the shark, £4,000 to catch it, and £2,000 to pack it in ice and ship it to London. There was the question of whether Hurst could replace this rotting shark simply by purchasing and stuffing a new one. Many art historians would argue that if refurbished or replaced, the shark became a different artwork. If you overpainted a Renoir, it would not be the same work. But if the shark was a conceptual piece, would catching an equally fierce shark and replacing the original using the same name be acceptable? Dealer Larry Gagosian drew a weak analogy to American installation artist Dan Flavin, who works with fluorescent light tubes. If a tube on a Flavin sculpture burns out, you replace it. Charles Saatchi, when asked if refurbishing the shark would rob it of its meaning as art, responded, completely. So what is more important, the original artwork or the artist's intention? Nicholas Sirota offered Gagosian $2 million on behalf of Tate Modern, but it was turned down. Gagosian continued his sales calls. When alerted that Saatchi intended to sell soon, Cohen agreed to buy. Hearst, Saatchi, and Gagosian are profiled later in the book. But who is Steve Cohen? Who pays $12 million for a decaying shark? Cohen is an example of the financial sector buyer who drives the market in high-end contemporary art. He is the owner of SAC, Capital Advisors, LLC, in Greenwich, Connecticut, and is considered a genius. He manages $11 billion in assets and is said to earn $500 million a year. He displays his trophy art in a 32,000-square-foot mansion in Greenwich, a 6,000-square-foot pied de terre in Manhattan, and a 19,000-square-foot bungalow in Delray Beach, Florida. In 2007, he purchased a 10-bedroom, 2-acre estate in East Hampton, New York. To put the $12 million price tag in context, it is necessary to understand how rich, really rich, is. Assume Mr. Cohen has a net worth of $4 billion, to go with an annual income of $500 million before tax. At a 10% rate of return, far less than he actually earns on the assets he manages, his total income is just over $16 million a week, or $90,000 an hour. The shark cost him five days' income. Some journalists later expressed doubt whether the selling price for a physical impossibility actually was $12 million. Several New York media reported that the only other firm offer aside from that made by Tate Modern came from Cohen, and the actual selling price was $8 million. New York Magazine reported $13 million. But the $12 million figure was the most widely cited. It produced extensive publicity, and the parties agreed not to discuss the amount. At any of these numbers, the sale greatly increased the value of the other Hearst work in the Saatchi collection. Cohen was not sure what to do with the shark. It remained stored in England. He said he might donate it to the Museum of Modern Art, MoMA, in New York, which might have led to his being offered a position on the MoMA board. The art world heralded the purchase as a victory for MoMA over London's Tate Modern. London's Guardian newspaper bemoaned the sale to an American, saying, The acquisition will confirm MoMA's dominance as the leading gallery of modern art in the world. I began the journey of discovery that became this book 
at the Royal Academy of Arts in London, where on October 5, 2006, along with 600 others, I attended a private preview of USA Today, an exhibition curated by the same Charles Saatchi. This was billed as an exhibition of art by 37 talented young American artists. Many were not, in fact, American-born, though they were working in New York, an illustration of how hard it is to label an artist. The Royal Academy is a major British public gallery. Founded in 1768, it promotes its exhibitions as comparable to those at the National Gallery, the two Tate Galleries, and leading museums outside the United Kingdom. The USA Today Show was not a commercial art fair because nothing was listed as for sale. Nor was it a traditional museum show, because one man, Charles Saatchi, owned all the work. He chose what was shown. The work would appreciate and value from being shown in such a prestigious public space. And all...